Hello, everyone, and welcome to In This Economy, the podcast where young people from Zimbabwe and around the world discuss how they are navigating life in the current economic circumstances. With me, your host, Kim Yajeka. So, I have a question for you. When was the last time you went to the doctor's office for a checkup? Not because you were actually sick or because of an emergency, but just to get an overview of the status of your health. For me personally, making doctor's appointments, going to the doctor, especially the dentist, is such a nerve-wracking thing. I get a lot of anxiety around it. Firstly, because I'm scared that just because I feel fine, something more serious could be going on, but also because of the costs. So today my guests and I will be discussing accessing healthcare in this economy and looking into how we can best navigate the system to ensure that we take the best care of our bodies as possible based on what's accessible to us, but also discuss some of her experiences as a medical practitioner in Zimbabwe and some of the challenges that come with that. So I hope you do enjoy the episode and also that you get some useful information out of it. Please do not forget to follow the podcast on at In This Economy Podcast on Instagram and follow me, your host, at Kimya Jega on Twitter. So yeah, let's get into it. All right. So to discuss healthcare in this economy, I'm here with Dr. Auxilia. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Kim. How are you? I'm good, thanks. How are you doing? I'm okay. I'm surviving. <laughs> That's always a good place to start. That's always. Um, thank you so much for being here to discuss this topic. Um, so we'll just get right into it. We know in Zimbabwe, the world over, but in Zimbabwe specifically, the healthcare system is in shambles. Um, the little that is there is widely inaccessible due to the high cost of everything, crazy consultation fees, inadequate resources, all of that stuff. But with limited access to adequate healthcare in Zimbabwe, what do you think um, the bare minimum health matters that young people should keep in mind in order to stay healthy? Okay. Um, so I agree, you know, like I think the whole healthcare systems, I think it's all over. It's not just Zimbabwe, you know. I think it. even if you think of Venezuela, if you think of, there are a lot of, countries that are suffering from this whole healthcare thing even the states is not perfect you know like we have mm -hmm. problems everywhere in the world um and yeah i think you know in zim i think it's been happening for a longer time sometimes it gets better sometimes it gets worse but yeah it is what it is but i think you know um what i would say for a young person is uh, to start off i would say prevention is better than cure you know um start off with just for example um you know, healthy living, you know, go exercise, um, eat healthy. That's a start. You know, you don't need to be paying, going to the hospital and the doctor all the time. Maybe exercise, make sure you eat well, get screened. Um, so, for example, like for um, when it comes to maybe breast cancer, right now it's breast cancer month. Yeah. Uh, you have a lot of people, uh, maybe uh, hospitals that are giving free uh, breast cancer screening. So you maybe you know that I don't have money for this, but I know every single October I'm going to go to some healthcare center and get my free breast cancer screening. You know, uh, sometimes in November they're going to do free prostate cancer uh, screening and HIV testing for free in December. You know, things like that. You know, they can help. 
vaccinations are another thing you know you can start there get vaccinated you prevent yourself from getting a lot of other diseases there's hpv even covid all those things are you know like the bare minimum and then uh besides the prevention um you know health healthcare is very broad i would say mm -hmm. so it being broad it's difficult for you to narrow it down and say i should have 20 bucks for a gp or i should have 50 bucks for uh, at this or a hundred bucks for a psychiatrist because there's mental health as well. There's, you know, for women, you also need your gynecological health. So what I would say um, should be your bare minimum in that aspect is maybe just get basic healthcare coverage, mm -hmm. you know, because I think when people think insurance, people are always thinking, ah, I need to go to the best, I need to go to the best uh, hospital, the private healthcare, but sometimes even just the basic, even if it's if it's uh, going to give you government healthcare, because sometimes even that government healthcare is very expensive. Right. You know, you get there because you know for young people, sometimes maybe you get sick. When young people get sick, it's usually like an accident or something catastrophic, something that's an emergency, and maybe you need a CT scan, an MRI scan that's going to ch charge maybe it'll be like a thousand dollars, and the that government healthcare can't pay for, but maybe your basic insurance can pay for, you know, maybe you'll be taken to party, maybe you don't like it, but at least you have something that will be covering you at that time. So I know everyone thinks I ah, this insurance, I need to get the best premium, everything, but just the basic, even if it's $5 a month, $10 a month, it's something, you know, there's a lot of basic insurance that someone can get that's going to help them. My advice would be when it comes to the bare minimum for young people, it's not just looking for the best. Sometimes just the bayman, the basics are good enough to help you if you get into a difficult situation. You know, I genuinely thought that either you were getting, you know, your CMAS or one of the big ones. So I will definitely do a little bit of research and maybe link people to what's like available, because I think um, especially as young Zimbabweans, we tend to think until it's like an emergency, I'll be OK or you ignore it, or you've just had a bad experience with like an insurance provider. And you're just like, there's no point. I should just maybe keep money in case of an emergency. But I had no idea that there were, there were those basic things. Just like a quick question. You said in the beginning, sometimes it gets good and sometimes it's really bad, but sometimes it gets good. What's an example of like a good situation in our healthcare system? Because I think for me, and I imagine a lot of people, I just feel like it's bad. Like, but you being a medical practitioner here, what is like the good? Like, okay, so in the Zimbabwean context, um, it's very difficult to find the good. You know, there's a lot of bad sometimes, right. but um, you know, for we'll start off with COVID. You know, uh, since that's what's been happening lately, I think Zim had one of the better um you know vaccination plans worldwide um compared to a lot of countries we actually our government did a really good job in my opinion you know we haven't been able to vaccinate as much as many people as we would want but at least we've done enough you know you can still get your vaccines for free um and they're available especially right now they're available all over if you want you know and then there's there's certain things that are free, you know. For example, uh, it's not all the time, but sometimes you have blood uh, being given for free to anyone as long as you're in a, in a government institution. Right. That's a very big plus because blood can be very expensive. You know, let's say you're in an accident and they tell you maybe uh, a pack of blood is two hundred dollars, and that's not that's something that's 
are not accessible to any Zimbabwean or every single Zimbabwean, especially because it's just blood. We haven't considered the healthcare costs. You haven't considered your bed, your meds and everything. So it's those little small things sometimes where you actually get some, you know, mm-hmm. pros. Uh, like for, we can have even things like HIV in our country, our uh, our HIV treatment is free for, for all. As long as you go to a government institution, you go and you're going to get your HIV treatment for free. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, and that's not, you don't get that in every single country. In other countries, you have to pay for everything. Mm-hmm. So the good is in some in some cases, in some, some diseases, you actually can get free healthcare, free. That's interesting. I've never thought about it, you know, that way. I, you know, you're aware of things like the free HIV treatment, but it's like in the context of everything else going on, you can, you ignore that, you know, but that is something that's actually really good and it's a viable option for everyone, a majority of people here. I guess accessibility as far as transportation, all of those things becomes a whole other issue. We know in Zimbabwe, on a pretty consistent basis, especially in the last two years, healthcare providers, doctors, nurses um, have been on strike because of the policies that are unfair towards them, especially those working in the government sector, um, of not getting paid or getting underpaid. um, And they're expected to perform at a high level. They during the height of the COVID pandemic, there was a lack of PPE, that's personal protective equipment. In the midst of all of that, as much as you can understand where healthcare providers are coming from, some people on social media really were, I don't agree with this point, but saying that, well, as a healthcare provider, you know, you knew what you were getting into, especially in Zimbabwe. And so my next question is, do healthcare providers actually have a duty to ensure services are accessible, like all the time, regardless of your situation? Do you have a duty to just selflessly treat people despite the circumstances? Okay, um, so I think, yes, healthcare providers, I guess we do have a duty to make sure health services are accessible. But then, um, you know, adequate healthcare provision requires not only the health workers to be present, but it's also that, you know, you need to have necessary resources to also be there. And unfortunately, that is not, it's not the sole responsibility of a doctor or a nurse to make sure that, you know, medication is available, there's electricity in the hospital and everything. You know, there are a lot of other players that are involved, like, you know, your government, your civil service, taxpayers, your insurance providers as well. You know, they also need to make sure, you know, that everything is available. You know, it, 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 although it's my duty, it's our duty as healthcare providers to make sure that healthcare is accessible. It's not just us. We also need to make sure that, you know, um, there's other things because I am just there to maybe prescribe drugs. I'll be there and I'll, I'll, I'll come and tell you, OK, you're sick with this. Right. Uh, but sometimes I can't do enough tests to actually be able to see what you're sick with because I can't. My, my practice is not just me being available, me sitting there and talking to you, you know. I need to do tests. I need to prescribe drugs. I need to use a, a theater, for example, that is actually functional, that's got electricity, that is everything. In all of that, sometimes I think it can get very frustrating for doctors where I'm going to work every single day or nurses, you're going to work every single day, but all you're doing is sitting and watching a patient, you know, and there's mm-hmm. nothing else I can do and I can provide. So it's not just my responsibility. It is my responsibility to be there at work and help, but it's also my responsibility to fight for a patient and advocate when things are not going well and are not going according to how, you know, healthcare is supposed to be provided to people. 
I guess it's also unfair to have the expectation that the doctors, the nurses should just be ready to work in any conditions. But with that being said, where there is somewhat adequate healthcare in the private sector at the private hospitals, and I, I use this term generally, like very, very generously, because yeah, even in the private sector, not everything is always readily available. There's still people who have to seek you know, medication overseas or in South Africa or, you know, get blown out for basic treatment. Do you think because of how ill-equipped things are in the public healthcare sector, that the private healthcare sector is somewhat taking advantage of the current economic environment by charging really high prices for the services they're offering? Are they sort of taking advantage of the demand or are those prices justified? So what I think, okay, so when it comes to uh, with the private sector, I think, you know, healthcare is essentially, you know, health needs of the people, they need to be met somehow, mm. right? Mm. So now when the public isn't, the public healthcare sector isn't providing um, essential healthcare service or what people need, um, naturally, there's going to be a monopoly in, with the private sector. Is the high cost justified? Yes and no. Um, yes, because, uh, you know, the chain of procurement of resources, because I think for majority, if not most of the drugs that we use here, we are importing. We don't make any drugs here in Zimbabwe. Uh, any equipment that we're using, we're importing. Everything that we use in healthcare is imported in Zimbabwe. So the cost of all of that is really expensive. You know, so when that happens in in most countries, all of that is is paid for by government, by bigger corporations. So if it's an individual that's trying to make a profit, it's it ends up being very expensive for uh you know the patients because this is I'm taking money out of my pocket to bring in a CT scan. And then when I'm now charging you, I'm going to also think about all the stuff. I brought it in, the tax I paid, the everything. So yeah, it does. You know, but at the same time, there are some um, you know, places where people are overcharged, won't mm. lie. There's something where people take advantage of what's happening. Um, but we also have a lot of regulatory bodies that actually come and sit and they um, you know, they regulate our pricing. So they give you a price, um, they give doctors or healthcare workers a price that they're allowed to charge. And then, and there's a minimum and a maximum that they're allowed to charge. So maybe in some instances, if the regulatory bodies aren't working as well or aren't as vigilant, the doctors or the nurses or whoever can take advantage. But majority of the times it's actually regulated and they, they charge it according to the economy, according to the regional pricing and everything and all of that. And also they also take in, into consideration the, the prices and the, the cost of procurement for that doctor or for that healthcare provider. Mm. So it's not just me waking up and deciding I'm going to charge you a thousand dollars. There's a lot of things that come into play with that. No, I can definitely appreciate that more. I think that um, it goes into sort of the first question. We kind of expect, you know, certain like help, especially in the healthcare sector, we expect those professionals to be so cognizant of the urgency that comes with human health or putting like the needs of people above the actual economic needs that are necessary for them to function and to offer those services. Yes. So yeah, it's, there's, yeah, there's a lot, there's definitely a lot to consider, but um, yes. speaking to, I think 
overall, we know the situation in Zimbabwe, especially that um, people live below the poverty line. They can't generally afford even the most basic of healthcare, especially if you have a specialized illness or a chronic illness that isn't um, on the roster of things that can be treated for free or accessing that medicine is really difficult. But this question, I think, is specifically directed to people who have time to listen to podcasts and have access <laughs> to internet yeah. and all of that kind of stuff. <laughs> I do know it's a very, a majority of the country just cannot afford healthcare. That's, but for young people yeah. who are in a tough economic environment where um, we have formal jobs, but we don't, maybe we don't get paid as much or our benefits aren't as great. I feel like sometimes we use that, oh, it's so expensive. So I'm not going to be too concerned about my health until it gets to a point that I'm actually ill or if it's an emergency or something. Do you think a tough economic environment is an adequate enough reason to sort of put your health care on the back burner? As young people, we're going through a lot. You know, we have to, essentially, we're trying to survive. Um, then we are trying, to, you know, we're trying to focus on getting a meal or whatever it is. And then we are uh, focusing on getting a long and healthy life. Mm-hmm. But like you said, you know, with people that, are, that have time to listen to podcasts, they've got, t- they've got money for internet and everything. Um, I think we may be a bit apathetic um, to our health. And I don't think it's justified Mm -hmm. Um, because, you know, I know we're all trying to make money. We're all trying to make ends meet and everything and all of that. But when it comes to your health, I think it starts off with just like, I don't think health starts with going to the doctor, you Mm -hmm. know, health starts with you preventing getting sick, you Mm -hmm. know, so it's not necessarily you having to pay money to go to a GP and everything. It starts with just as simple as, working out, eating healthy, you know, not binge drinking. And I know that's very difficult, but it's one of those don't drink and drive because with young people, uh, it's not, it's not you. We we don't really worry about you getting those. um, We don't worry about you getting hypertension. Eventually, yeah, we may get there, but we're worried about you being involved in an accident, but we are drinking and driving. That's also a way to take care of your health. Mm-hmm. You know, um, it's small things like that. Initially, you start there, uh, taking care of your health, making sure you you don't get into situations that are going to end up endangering you. And then when it does come to your health care, like what I said is we are very apathetic. Uh, you know, I can ask a lot of young people if you just go, maybe women, when was the last time you got your pap smear done? You know, you'd be like, I oh, know it's expensive, but you've got, we've got a lot of free services for pap smears. You know, you ask, uh, you know, when was the last time you even got your blood pressure checked? Even if you go to a, a pharmacy, some pharmacies do it for free. It's a dollar center just to check your blood pressure. You know, it's uh, we just decide, ah, you know what? I just want to make money, but you're not going to enjoy that money when you're no longer healthy. You know, you need to look for a way to, you know, there's so many other ways. It's not, like I said, it's not about looking for the most expensive physician in the country, going to the most expensive doctor in the country. It's just looking for the smaller things, you know, and taking care of your health in the smallest of ways. So you can, we, we can always look for ways to 
um, look for, uh, you know, cheaper healthcare. And with even like, you know, it's for example, if we're going to go out, I think everyone thinks, ah, you know, going out and spending $30 is not a lot, but a GP, you know, consultation is about $30, $35. So you can afford to go to a GP and just get a check. So sometimes it's not, it's, we're looking for an excuse, but we, sometimes we can find ways. There's so many other ways. If you can't go to a GP, you can go, I know public healthcare, you know, is, it's 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 daunting it's you know there's a lot of ah you're thinking oh my gosh the cues and everything okay so there's some times where they do uh management where you maybe you do like they they're going to do uh, a clinic that way they're just going to do bp checks you know there are times where you're going you have like a, an expo and people are just out here doing blood, uh, blood sugar tests on people there's so many opportunities but I think as young people, we would rather not. You can find ways, especially if you want to care about your health. There's so many other ways to look for ways to get your health done in our economy. I really appreciate that. And I've never really looked at things like not drinking and driving as a form of prioritizing like your health. Do you know what I mean? Like you can take yeah. for granted the sort of situations that could endanger you long term. So I'll definitely carry that with me for sure. I think also as young people, I, I remember talking to my employer about this once um, during a meeting and they were like, what do you feel about, you know, getting like a funeral plan? And I'm like, to be honest, where I'm at in life, I don't even think that's a far-fetched idea. I really don't want to contribute whatever I'm making to a funeral plan. Like it's less of a real thing to me, if I'm being completely honest. And I have had conversations in the past, especially about reproductive screenings with um, yeah friends and they're just kind of like you know what I don't know won't hurt me it shouldn't yes. be an issue so I think yeah we we definitely can't afford to be <laughs> apathetic about healthcare, especially in this environment yeah. because I think it's definitely more economical to prioritize prevention over treatment um and not yeah. finding out things before it's too late so yeah I, thank you Vey. yeah that's that's really true I think I think it's I've actually seen that with a lot of young people we are yeah, we always feel like ah, I'm young, I'm walking around, I'm fine, you know. But if you look at it, you know, we've, we've got so many young people that are getting breast cancer now, especially mm-hmm. black people. A lot of young male, um, especially black young males are getting a lot of colon cancer. Mm-hmm. And it's so easy to be like, ah, but I'm, I'm, I it doesn't really matter. But imagine if you found that as a lump earlier, that now when it's now, you know, everywhere, it's now stage four cancer and everything, it's it's a lot more money. You're now going to spend a lot more money. Prevention is always better. It's always cheaper than, than finding out when things are just bad now. So, And considering that prevention is better than treatment, are there any alternatives or what are the best alternatives to formal health insurance if there are any in Zimbabwe? Like what's the best way if that is something that's inaccessible, um, especially if you don't have ready access to foreign currency. I know it's better to have a foreign currency-based health insurance these days than the local currency one. Um, but if those things aren't readily accessible to you, and even that $5 a month is asking for a lot, are there alternatives yeah. to health insurance or plans or medical aid in your professional experience that you know of or good practices that people can adopt to ensure they have some money to prioritize their health? Okay, so that's a really difficult question because, um, okay, so what I, what I would say is what I've seen 
uh, in a lot of patients is more of, I think if you can't save money for yourself, you can have maybe, I think, you know, if you strengthen your family unit, for example, maybe as a family, you come as an extended family and you pull your money together, mm-hmm. you know, and you say maybe as a family, we come together, we're going to put $20 per month or maybe not even per month. Like you put $20 today and then whenever you can, you pull your money, you put money together. And then in the event that one person is sick in your family, you can all try and chip in because with healthcare, unless you have a ton load of money, it gets really expensive really quickly. Yeah. You know, when you get sick because it's, you never know, maybe you'll be thinking I'm going to the GP for $35 and then they refer you to an orthopedic surgeon. They refer you to a oncologist they refer you to this person and they want more money and then you need tests and you know, it gets really expensive. Mm-hmm. So for me, I think, the best, best way is get medical insurance because, mm-hmm. you know, maybe you pay uh, maybe up to $500 and now they can cover something that's like $5,000 for you. That mm-hmm. That's better than you trying to pull all that money and have it. And it's really easy to spend money when you've got money lying around and you're looking at it. Uh, but with a lot of people I've seen, they, they pull money as a family or as friends and they just call it their health fund. That mm-hmm. way, you know, you don't, you're not worried about the way your, the economy is going to shift. You've got your money in US dollars saved up somewhere. You're never going to touch it. And now maybe when someone gets sick, you can always get money out of there. You know, it's good when one of you gets sick. <laughs> but yeah. if all of you get, yeah, at least you've got something, you know, to start off. Like at least maybe uh, as friends, it may be a reach, but maybe as friends, you've got a thousand dollars. And you know, when, when, you know, Kim gets sick, we're going to, have a thousand dollars to help at least start off somewhere and also you know when when people do get sick i think uh, i saw that with a lot of uh maybe covid patients mm-hmm. it was there was a lot of you know when someone gets sick the first thing you want to do is take them to the most expensive but sometimes when you get sick i think the first thing you do is go to the cheapest i know i know everyone is always like oh, i can't be seen i can't go to party it's different it's you know it's terrible it's what what but sometimes you know the same doctor you're going to see at party is the same doctor you're going to see in private you know mm-hmm. there was this joke out and someone was like, you know, I was at a government hospital and this doctor told me this and I went to private for a second opinion. It was the same doctor. And it is really like that. Maybe you won't have the same facilities, but if you've got $1,000, you can always then, um, you know, outsource some private, maybe get your tests done in private, get your something, other things, you know, your meds that are not in, in, in public health care. You can always buy them in private and then also supplement public health care. Because the expertise is essentially all the same. The nurses, the doctors that you're seeing in government are the same doctors you're going to see in private. So mm-hmm. if you really don't have money, sometimes take your person to a government hospital and then supplement that with the money that you're saving. If you're spending your entire $1,000 on just hospitals, it now makes everything really difficult for you. Oh, no, thank you yeah. for that. I actually had no idea that, I mean, I do know that doctors moonlight a lot in Zimbabwe and what what that means is basically they'll be employed by an institution that maybe doesn't pay them well and they offer their own private services maybe house calls those kinds of things and you do actually end up meeting with the same doctor to sort of make ends meet it's kind of sad Mm -hmm. that you know you are an entire medical professional and that's the kind of hustle 
you have to get into. Yeah. <laughs> um, but that is very true, I guess, in this economic situation. We also can't take for granted that just because you're going to a government hospital, that the expertise of the nurses and the doctors themselves, they are not ill-equipped as far as their abilities are concerned. It's just the environment that they're working in that is impacting, you know, the situation. So yeah, that's that's very insightful. And as our sort of last question, we've spoken about young people and just the general public, how we should be taking care of our health. But because of, I guess, the image and the PR the medical profession has right now all over the world, um, as an avid, you know, medical TV show watcher, I consume all of them. It's one of my favorite genres of TV show. <laughs> um, but it prompted me to do further research into um, just how doctors all over the world are retiring early, are, you know, quitting because of burnout. This is doctors and nurses. They're quitting, leaving the profession completely because of burnout and all those kinds of things. In your experience as a young medical professional, what advice would you give to someone wanting to pursue a medical career in Zimbabwe or in general now, given the circumstances um, that doctors are working under and the fact that people are acknowledging things like burnout, they're acknowledging that there's way too much pressure, not enough resources being put into medical professionals? Okay. Um, All right. So the first thing I'm going to tell that person is they have to really want it because um, like you said, it's not an easy profession. It's very difficult. It's very demanding. Mm-hmm. So for me, um, I think in in my experience, when I I decided I wanted to be a doctor when I was six, you know, so it's one thing I've always wanted, and I did so much research and I spoke to so many doctors telling me about how hard it is. So I think you need to be prepared for the challenges. There are going mm-hmm. to be a lot of challenges. But um, at the same time, medicine is one of those jobs where it's very rewarding. You know, mm-hmm. like there's nowhere else. I, I don't know if there's any other profession where you actually involved in someone's lives. You actually impact someone's lives, whatever it is you. Mm-hmm. So um, if you're going to do it in Zimbabwe, it is a bit challenging because of the whole economic thing. But I think with any profession uh, in Zimbabwe right now, especially if you work in government, it's very challenging there's no money you know if you're going to do medicine don't do it for money do it because you love it do it because you want to help people you know because in Zimbabwe you're helping a lot of underprivileged people that really really need your help they you know some of the patients that we see they you know they've they've actually like for example maybe they've sold cows and goats for them to even just come to Harare to go to Parinya to a hospital, Harare hospital. And they had never been to Harare. And the only reason why they're coming is because they're very sick, you know, and they've used up everything just to come and see you, you know. And when you, whatever it is you, you're going to do, and they're always so grateful, like, thank you so much, Rembai. I don't, I don't know what I was going to do if you hadn't helped me and, you know, and all of that. So it's very challenging, but there's a lot of rewards. And I think for me personally, the rewards are always you know, they're always worth more than the bad. There's a lot of bad, you know, you see a lot of debts and there's a lot of burnout because of, you know, the amount of work. But what I can also say is that there's now a lot of work in uh, trying to make sure that we have less burnout. Doctors have realized that, you know, we are getting a lot of burnout. A lot of doctors are retiring, they're leaving. In Zimbabwe, a lot of doctors, I think we have so many doctors that are leaving every single month to go Mm. to other countries of money or whatever but they're trying now you know to try and make sure that we keep people around 
uh, they're doing studies, they're doing things to make sure that, you know, we keep doctors um, in, in Zim or keep doctors in their jobs worldwide. Mm -hmm. So if you don't love it, you're not going to enjoy it. There's no way you are going to do some 20 years of hard work of not sleeping for money. Do it because you love it. The money will come eventually. I may know when. This was such an insightful conversation. I really appreciate you like taking the time, but also just like the insight you've been able to give and your answers. I, you know, draft the outlines and the questions with like thinking things are, the conversation is going to go in a specific direction, but your yeah. answers have been so like well-rounded and just, I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. No, you're welcome. Anytime. <laughs> And that is the episode. Thank you so much once again to Dr. Auxilia for joining us and to you, the listener, for tuning in. Please do not forget to follow the podcast at In This Economy Podcast on Instagram and at and me, your host, at Kimya Jekka on Twitter. I would love to hear about your experiences with the healthcare system wherever you are in the world and any advice you can give on how best to maneuver and navigate everything despite your economic situation. I love your engagement. I love your comments. So thank you so much once again, and I will catch you next week.